and gentlemen, welcome back to today's episode of Midweek Mind Candy. Thank you for joining in. We hope that you come intrigued and ready to maybe open a new perspective or get a new insight on exactly how you feel, model, and verb the words that we talk about. My name is Stacey Johnston. I am honored to be here with you today and equally as honored as always to sit alongside my co-host, Kathy Holland. Kathy, how are you today? I am doing, I'm doing great. We always laugh about how hot it is in Texas, and now it's not funny anymore, so. It's hot. <laughs> it's not it funny. is hot. I'm thinking, I'm thinking cool thoughts. You're thinking cool thoughts. Okay, well, we'll try to keep this conversation that we're going to have on that cool perspective, right? I'm looking forward to it. I love it. I, You know, I go in and I have this. This model in my mind, we're going to stick to 20 minutes. We're going to be respectful of our audience. We're going to keep on task. And then I get in the middle of these conversations, and I look up and I think, oh, my gosh, it's been 30 minutes. We have to find a way to stop. And it's hard. I have such fun doing this. I really love what it opens up in my mind. Right? We have one of these conversations, and then I catch myself for the next week or so owning this word. You know, how do I, how do I actually live that word? It's one thing to talk it. Right? We always have that. Remember the old phrase? Walk the walk, don't just talk the talk. I really challenge myself in this as we have these conversations to not just get on here and talk about how I feel about this word and put some cool bumper stickers out there, but to actually walk it. How do I feel about that word? Is that, is that really how that plays out and how do I model that? So it, it's been really a fun challenge for me. You know, it's, it's like a road well, game you used to play driving down the highway. Yeah. If you talk about the word and you are passionate about talking about it and then you don't live it, that makes you a hypocrite, and that is a whole other word. So, <laughs> <laughs> That is a different line of but a word, isn't it? Yeah. It's so fun. What is it, what is it changing your ever do that? What is it, does it open up anything for you that's different? No, I think, you know, we were talking earlier about how it made me more aware probably sometimes in certain situations how different words make different people feel, right? Mm -hmm. And just because if somebody said it to me, I wouldn't be offended doesn't mean that that very same sentence wouldn't wreck somebody's day, right? So, you know, and I mean, I'm 35 years old. I realize that, but it makes it more, I think it makes it more apparent that especially as an adult in the world we live in, it is very important to make sure that communication is up on your top list of priorities. Mm. Yeah, amen. I think, it's, I think that's a great concept. Plus, good. I'm glad it adds something to your life. It's, it's fun for me to kind of see what it does. And, and you know me, I, I have a special interest in watching you shine, so it's I had a great time in it. So let's get this talk on the way. We have a lady joining us back today. Uh, she was a guest on our Uncaped Heroes podcast, and we were super glad to have her the first time. And so we're looking forward to this conversation. Coming back to us from Chicago, Illinois. Hello, Jennifer. Good morning. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you for having me. You bet. So we gave you an option at the end of the recording for the first podcast that we did uh, to come back and join us for this one. What intrigued you about coming back? Um, you know, I really just liked the idea of, you know, words, words have so much power. And I think us as podcasters know that, but 
just in everyday life, you can you see the impact that words have. And to your point that that you both made, um, you know they they have an impact on how we think, how we feel, but they also um, can make us more aware of our actions. And so I, I just really um, liked the focus on on words and discussions around words. And so that's why I'm here. Well, let's get this show on the road. Today we're going to talk about the word observation. Hmm. So when you hear the word observation, what's your thought or definition of that? So observation, I think, is something that's interesting because it's almost like... um, It's almost like the difference between hearing and listening. I look at like looking and observing as kind of a a similar um, difference. And, you know, observing to me means doing more than just seeing, but it's looking at it deep enough to actually think something about it. Right, because you see stuff all the time. I mean, you're constantly seeing things, but you don't always have an opinion, or or it doesn't always impact you, or it doesn't, you know, it's just kind of you. It just becomes a blur, right? But when you observe something, um, or observe a behavior, or observe just like a tangible object, um, that goes beyond just seeing. And you start attaching something to it. And that could be a feeling, that could be a, um, an opinion, et cetera. But to me, it's, it's like the step past seeing that is similar to listening. And it takes effort. Oh, I like that point, takes effort. Mm-hmm. I like that. Very powerful. Kathy, how about you? I think that an observation is a less judgy version of an assumption, right? Because an assumption Mm -hmm. is something you immediately think, right? You see something, you immediately have a thought about it. And I don't care who you are. Everybody has a first impression, right? Whether you want to call it an impression or a judgment, that is for you to decide. But that's just how people are wired, right? So an observation, like you said, takes takes deeper looks, right? You have to observe something for a period of time to to get any sort of educated experience about whatever it is that you're going to judge in the future, right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, I think it yeah. You know, giving yourself a chance to observe something like people watching. This is a great example, right? People watching. People are awesome because everybody is so different, right? You know, people tie their shoes differently and hold a spoon differently. And it's not an assumption. It is a literal observation, right? But the only way to 
observe that is to sit back and look at multiple different people, right, instead of just watching one and assuming that everybody else just doesn't like they do, which is different from you. Hmm. I like that. I agree. I agree. I think I agree absolutely with both of you guys. I like that what you said, Jennifer, about it being the difference between hearing and listening. You know, I think that's so absolutely true. Um, I, mean, I spent some time in the behavioral health field, and in one of the trainings, one of the very first things we, we trained on was, you know, active listening and, and involved in the being. So what do you see and while you're listening to them talk? Yeah. What are you observing? And I think if we all would spend some more time being observant, right? Observation to me is, again, I'm going to mock both of you and agree, it's your willingness to, to see what it is that you're looking at. Right? Do you be, be, uh, when you observe your surroundings, right? When you, you want to get out of the car at the mall and, and you observe your surroundings, right? You look around and you see what is it, what's around me, what's happening, what's good, what's bad, what's in, what's out, right? And so sometimes we're more observ- um, observant than other times, right? I know there's lots of times that I can get out and I have this tunnel vision going on and I have dot 0.4% ability to observe what's going on around me because I'm not even thinking about that. Right? I'm thinking about this. And, and then there's other times when I'm just completely lost in what it is that I'm seeing around me. Right? So I think observation is my willingness to see. Maybe sometimes when you're talking to somebody, what are, you, what are, you, what are they saying with their words? What are you seeing? So I think, I think, it's, a, I think it's a big word. I think we should spend some more time being observant. Kathy, I liked your, your uh, comparison to observation to judgment, right? We're quick to judge where if we would take a minute, sit back, and really observe the situation, we might have a very different concept of what's going on, not a very different understanding. So, and how about you? Do you think, do you okay. think that observation has a bigger impact on awareness than judgment? Mm, that's a good question, Jennifer. We're going to let you answer that one first. Do you think so? <laughs> <laughs> um, I do think that it has a has an impact on that because when I think about uh, observation, um, I think about really mindfulness, right? And, and that's really when you are truly kind of observe, sitting back and observing. And I agree with you if you're withholding judgment. Um, you know, something like awareness, awareness is literally the understanding that something is happening or exists, but without any uh, opinion about it. It's purely just you're aware, right? Um, and so I think uh, observation and observing what's going on around you, looking at the detail, really being present and mindful in that moment, um, can make you aware of more than if you just kind of, to your point, like had a tunnel vision or, or just kind of, you know, barely glance, glance that way. So I do think that it has um, a, big, a big impact on awareness. And then I think in terms of perspective, to me, perspective is like the next, step where if you're truly observing and you're observing different, you know, 
not just one person to your point, but if you're looking at a different uh, different ways of doing it or, or different samples and like really looking at it, then that starts building, then when you start adding in, you know, your thoughts on the collective observations, then that's where perspective starts to form. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I agree with that. I think observation has a lot to do with it. I think if you, you judge first, you miss a lot. If you uh, take some time to observe, you understand a lot. And I really agree with what you had to say. Because I think that's super powerful. I think that's super powerful. So when you're, let's talk about you. I know that you're expecting, you're, you're, you have a child on the way, and, and Kathy's raising small children. What? What do you think the advantage is of observation in, in, in your children, in observing? What do you observe about your kids? What, what do you have coming to observe? Kathy, go first. How does observation play into your parenting? Mm, I think observation has a lot to do with their reactions. So if I think it's the difference in being in responding and reacting and little kids don't have that, right? They're not wired to do that. They're immediately, they, they react. And I think as a parent, right, being observant, of what could have possibly happened to cause that emotion instead of the situation itself, right? Because a lot of times it doesn't have anything to do with that situation. They're tired or they're frustrated or they're sad and they don't know how to communicate that, right? So they, you know, throw stuff around, whatever, you know. But I think that being aware of the fact that, you know, if kids are reacting for a reason, and a lot of times, right, it's simply because they're tired. But they don't know how to say that, right? They don't know how to be like, I'm exhausted mentally, physically, emotionally. They can't because they can't make that observation for themselves, right? So that is our job as parents is to make that observation so that we don't find ourselves being reactive to their emotions. That's powerful as a parent, yeah. Jennifer, how about you? Where does that take you? Um, yeah, I think me being uh, not a parent yet, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but um, I think for me, what I'm currently dealing with as I head into my final trimester is, you know, the physical part of the pregnancy is I feel like I've kind of gotten used to. Like I've you know, you're, you're kind of used to the symptoms at this point. I know that there there's going to be some that are going to get worse in the last, you know, trimester and whatever. Like, that's fine. Like, I, at this point, I feel like I've accepted that. The part that, and it's almost, <laughs> I guess, similar <laughs> to maybe young children, um, the part that I think is most interesting uh, is the emotional differences now and uh, like just this past week like my husband came home from work and he was like how was your day and I just started like crying and I'm like I don't know I don't it was like almost like a kid that doesn't know how to express what they're feeling right (laughs) 
yeah. it's like the same thing. Like all of a sudden I was like, he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Like I don't, you know, it's just, there's like, cause I mean, yes, part of it's hormones. Part of it is, you know, the fact that I'm, you know, currently not working, which is like, I've never had this much free time and, I'm the only one that I know that's not working. So like I'm just spending a lot of time by myself and I'm going through this like obviously like big change. And so there was like this loneliness, but I like didn't really know how to really like explain that like isolating lonely feeling. And so I just was like reacting to it kind of. Um, And so for me right now, it's almost observing my own, my own feelings on things and like how I'm reacting to things and trying to understand myself and like where that is coming from so that I can, you know, support myself and, and how I take care of myself and like maybe I need to do something different. So like, for example, like I woke up the day after that, I woke up, and I, like, woke up crying. Like, no, I mean, I was just like, okay. And we had a big day that day. Um, we had plans that night. And I was like, okay, I'm not, I can't spend the whole day like this. Like, this is not, like, we need to do something. So I was like, okay, what is, why am I, I'm still kind of feeling that loneliness thing. I'm like, so I, I need to be around people. And, like, I, instead of doing, like, my normal Peloton workout, I like went online, I found this like in-person prenatal yoga class. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to try that and see if that helps. Because I was like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to help. I'm going to try to see if that helps. And it did. And like, that's what I needed. I needed to like connect with other women that were like, my husband's very supportive, but like that clearly wasn't enough for me to like talk to him about it. Like I needed to go surround myself with other women that were in the same stage as me. And that was really helpful. So, like, now I know, okay, if I start feeling like that, like, I need to do more stuff like that because it's going to help, you know, reduce that. But it's, like, I had to sit there and kind of observe and and, and not judge, like, oh, why am I crying right now? Like, that's so, you know, like, I shouldn't be crying. It's, like, it wasn't that. It just was, like, okay, what, like, what is going on <laughs> with me? And let me now try to adjust what I'm doing to, to try to respond to that. I love it. I do think it's interesting what you said in terms of like, you know, we look at kids and we need to like respond versus react because they don't, you know, they don't really always know. There's always a reason why they're upset. And, and it's, and it reminds me of like a couple weeks ago, I was with uh, some friends and they were like, you know, you're so, you're so patient with kids, like, you're so patient with kids, but, like, and I was, like, I know, but I'm not patient at all with adults, like, with, <laughs> with adults, and I'm, like, I'm, like, you should know better, like, why don't you know better at this point, <laughs> right, like, there's, like, this higher standard, and I think it really got me thinking, because I think especially, I think in today's world, it feels much more, like, emotionally charged than it has in the past. Mm-hmm. And I think we are all very quick to react to, like, we don't give adults the same grace that we do children. 
Amen. We do not. <laughs> we do not. And maybe Kathy, sometimes they I don't, don't deserve it. I don't know, but it's just <laughs> it's an observation. <laughs> that is a good observation. Yes, ma'am. That is that is a quality observation. We in fact might not give grace to adults as easily as we do kids, right? <laughs> we see a kid freak out. We go, oh, you know they're tired. And we see adult freak out, and we just we begin to. Like, what's wrong with that? Like, get it together. Exactly. <laughs> what does that mental health diagnosis look like right there? Right. It's our first response. I love it. Cassie, how about you? Where does that take you as a parent of young kids feeling what she's feeling right now? I think that is a very important point, right, because I firmly believe that anger is a secondary emotion. You're not just mad just because. Nobody ever wakes up mad. They're mad because they're sad or because they're lonely or because they feel guilty or they're scared or if they've been betrayed, or there's a reason that you are mad, right? So once you learn and realize the fact that, you know, kids and adults, the same, right? Anger is a secondary emotion. So once I think that becomes clear to people, it's easier to realize that adults aren't angry for no reason either. Right. Good observation. Good observation. And, you know, 99% of the time, whatever it is they're mad about has nothing to do with you. No. Right? We take it that way. We take it personal. We go, oh, how dare you? And we don't take a minute to wonder, what's up? I'm sorry that you're having that day. Right? I wish you weren't having that day and feeling that emotion. So observation is important. So let's turn the tables on this just a little bit. Jennifer, when we had our original conversation with you, your, your conversation really revolved around how come we're always nicer to other people than we are to ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So let's take, let's take observation inside for just a minute. How much time do we spend as people observing our own behavior, our own responses? Do you ever spend time observing what the story is that you just left in that room? Um, I actually would say, I guess in my own opinion, I think that I actually probably spend sometimes too much time. Um, I do consider myself a very self-aware person. Not necessarily, I'm not going to say that I don't, you know, react in the moment and then I'll spend the next like three days playing that back in my head and thinking about it. (laughs) Right? But um, but I do actually think that I spend quite a bit of time really thinking about did I come across how did I did like the perception that I um, left others was that what I meant it to be um, at the time and if not how do I improve that. Um, or if I'm feeling something in a certain way, uh, whether it's sadness, anger, even happiness, I'm like, what is, what's really driving that? Because I, I, do, I do think that that's really important as we just try to get to know ourselves, like really get to know ourselves and, and get to know ourselves as who we are right now, not who we were or who we want to be. Uh, but actually, who are we? Um, right. 
And so I, I actually would say that I probably spend a lot of time, and in some instances I say too much because I think there's like this, it, what I've experienced is there's this like borderline where it starts becoming like you're too, you're too hard on yourself because you're like, if you overthink it too much, and you're like, well, I could have, should have, would have in that situation. And like, oh, and then what if, you know, I said that wrong and I wish I didn't say that wrong. It's like it, it can get to the point where it's not productive. Um, so I think it's, there's like a balance there. It's like making sure that you're self-aware enough where you're noticing it, you're accepting whatever happened, you're, you know, maybe thinking for a second on how might I do it differently in the future. And then you're like moving on. Because you can't you can't dwell in things too long because you can't change the past. All you can do is adjust and change the future. Um, and at some point, it just you have to give. Your, that's where you give yourself a break, and you're like, okay, yeah, you know what? I didn't handle that that well. I wish I would have done this differently next time. I'm gonna try to recognize, you know, that I'm feeling that way in the moment. I'm gonna try to like do this instead, and and then you move on. I like it. Kathy, how about you? How did self-observation play into your life? I think if you're not in tune with yourself, you know, not only mentally, but spiritually and physically, and if you don't listen to your body and to your intuition and to your gut, Right, then you find yourself in positions that you might not necessarily be in had you otherwise listened to it, right? And I think it's, it's something that people overlook a lot because they think, oh, I'm just paranoid. Yeah. Or, oh, I'm just, you know, whatever. And, you know, so many things could be avoided if you would just listen to yourself. You know, when you're in school, they always tell you, go with your first instinct. And a lot of people doubt themselves to the point where they don't think that their instincts are correct. Quality observation. Yeah, again, I think think it's so true. I think we're ingrained not to, you know, just just like Jennifer, what you were talking about a while ago, when you said you you tried to get back on the Peloton, wasn't your thing, and you made that personal observation that what you needed was to be surrounded by other people where you were. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important that we take a minute and make those observations for myself. What do I need to be the best me? How come yeah. I'm responding like that? How come, right, how come it, that brought up that emotion? That moment of self-observation, I think, is so critical. And we're so busy observing everybody else right now. Right? What they said, mm-hmm. what they did, how they reacted, what that response was, who blew up over that. We're observing all kinds of things, and I think we neglect to observe our own selves sometimes. Right? What are our needs? Yeah, I how think, do I shine? Go ahead. I think the one, the one place that I, uh, I feel like self-observation is lacking the most, I think, with just in general is when things, like let's say you get into an argument or or something didn't go well, like maybe you lost your job or maybe you got 
you know, in trouble at work or you upset a friend, whatever it is, right? When something didn't go well, we're very comfortable observing other people, uh, other people and how they contributed to that situation. You know, it's very easy to be like, well, my boss, you know, did this and my boss overreacted and my boss, you know, blah, blah, or my friend is just being too sensitive right now and et cetera, et cetera. But I think the piece that we don't do enough um, and that we need to do more of in general is like, like every single time something negative happens, it's thinking about what was my, what was my part in that? Because to your point earlier, it's usually when people are reacting, there's a reason and there's something behind it. So it's like that includes you. And, like, sometimes you're actually that reason. Like, sometimes how you responded or how you acted or what you said actually made it worse or made that happen um, or played Mm -hmm. some sort of part. And I think, like, that's the piece that we tend to maybe not spend enough time really being honest about. Touche. I think you're probably right. I think you're exactly right. Kathy, how about you? How does that hit with you? Having weird issues again. Uh-oh. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you that we are regretfully at a place where we're going to have to find a way to wind down. I could keep having this conversation all day. I so thoroughly enjoyed it. I really love to see where the conversation takes you and what our new understanding is. I have a whole page of notes. I've had a great time. But we're going to have to find a way to wind down. So I would love our audience to always remember that we're brought to you by God and by grace and enlighten us. If we can serve you in some way, if you want to have a conversation with us, Please reach out to us. We're interested in what you have to say. You can reach us at HeroBuilder2020 at gmail.com. I'm going to close by saying thank you so much, Jennifer, for your time, for your wisdom, for your conversation and your insight. Um, good luck on your upcoming child, and uh, many, many blessings to you. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, Kathy. Thank you. I would love to pass it. Ma'am, I'd love to pass the stage to you, Kathy. How would you like to leave our audience today with observe? You know, with a challenge, I talked about the fact that being observant is a lot of times the, the, the turning point between being responsive and reactive, right? So my challenge for our audience today is to take a moment and look, right? See what's going on. Observe the situation before you respond it might have a different outcome. I love it. I always love their challenges. I hope people take them to heart and try. I'd love to hear the responses. Jennifer, we would be honored if you would take the stage for us and close out our show. How would you like to leave our audience today with Observe? Um, yeah, I think that, you know, observing is important and not only really looking at everything around you and being present um, in that moment, but also, you know, having that ability to look inside yourself as well and 
kind of get to know yourself better, but also understand and, and observe um, your impact in not only your own life, but in those around you.